morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, October 25th. On this date in 1994, Susan Smith of Union, South Carolina, claimed a black man stole her vehicle with her two young sons inside. A massive search began for the two children. Smith later confessed to drowning the children in the John D. Long Lake and was later convicted of murder. On this date in 1910, one of the most popular patriotic songs in our country's history was published for the first time. Can you guess which song? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's get a look at your Tuesday forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. Yeah, look out for some dense fog early here on our Tuesday morning. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine. Starting out cool, grab the jackets out the door, but warming up as soon as we get rid of the fog. We're going to go to do a lot of sunshine and temperatures warm up to near 70 by lunchtime, mid to upper 70s for highs this afternoon with just a few clouds late today. Clouds will increase a little bit tomorrow, small chance of a shower, high near 80 degrees. 78 dry on Thursday. Be around 73, a little cooler on Friday with mid 70s expected for the upcoming weekend. There'll be a slight chance of a shower each day right now. Looking ahead to Halloween next Monday, we have a slight chance of rain with highs near 80. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. Now let's check in on your morning headlines. Well, the South Carolina Election Commission says voters have set a new record for early voting ahead of Election Day. An Election Commission spokesperson says as of late yesterday afternoon, about 40,000 people had already voted. That nearly doubled the previous single-day early voting record set June 10th, the last day of early voting in statewide primaries. Registered voters can vote early to avoid lines on Election Day through November 5th. Early voting locations are closed Sundays and doors open from 8 30 till 6 p.m. For a full list of early voting locations, you can head on over to live5news.com. One position up for grabs on the ballot in November is for the state superintendent of education. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley made a trip to the Low Country to endorse Republican Ellen Weaver to become the state's public education chief. Haley says her endorsement of Weaver marks the first time she's dabbled in a statewide education race this go around. The other names you'll see on the ballot are Democrat Lisa Ellis, a Richland District 2 teacher and the founder of the South Carolina teacher advocacy group SC for Ed, as well as Green Party candidate Patricia Nickel. When it comes to voting, we have you covered with the Live 5 Voter Guide streaming special. You can tune in with our very own Ann McGill and Raphael James tonight at 8. You're able to watch on our free Live 5 Plus app for Roku, Fire TV and Apple TV as well as on the Live 5 News app on your phone or live5news.com. Well, if you live in Mount Pleasant, there's going to be a new referendum question on the November ballot. Today, leaders in the town are hosting a meeting to tell the community about it. Yeah, the $50 million recreation referendum includes expanding town tennis courts, adding bike paths, and preserving land. Live 5's Lauren Quinlan joins us live now. So, Lauren, if the referendum passes, how much would folks in Mount Pleasant have to pay? 
Katie, town officials tell me in order for this project to be completed, those living in the town, certain people living in the town, would need to pay up to $7 a month. Almost 10 years ago, the town of Mount Pleasant and Charleston County Parks purchased 245 acres on Rifle Range Road. The intent was for it to be used as active and passive park space, and town officials say the project has already been approved under the town's capital improvement plan, but the funding has been lacking. Perry Rourke with the town of Mount Pleasant says if the community votes yes on the ballot, the $50 million referendum will provide something for everyone. From funding Rifle Range Park to upgrading the Park West Indoor Pool and maintaining the many other facilities listed on the project. Now, if you live in a half a million dollar tax appraised home in Mount Pleasant, you would be paying up to $80 a year to make this happen. This referendum also guarantees that those funds have to be used to complete these, uh, these five projects that are listed in the referendum. So you know where your tax money is going to be used. The residents have the ability to get to vote on it, which is great. And also there is a sunset provision, which means in 15 years, this tax will automatically expire. It goes away. Rourke says with 30,000 new residents in 10 years, they still have a lack of active park spaces and they're looking to expand the town's resources. Several town officials will be at the Memorial Waterfront Park at 1030 this morning to share information with the community on this project. To learn more about the rec referendum ahead of November, just visit our website at live5news.com and click on this story. Live in Mount Pleasant, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Well, today, the Greater Somerville and Dorchester County Chamber of Commerce is hosting a candidate forum in partnership with the Somerville Journal Scene. Now, last month, the chamber gathered questions from Dorchester County residents. A selection of those questions will be used tonight. That forum will be held at Faith Sellers Senior Center from 5 till 8 tonight. Each candidate will have an opportunity to share their thoughts. And that event is free and open to the public. Well, North Charleston police say a tip led to a man wanted for murder being taken into custody with help of police dogs and helicopters. Officers got a tip that Rasheen Washington was seen on Lackawanna Boulevard around 1.30 yesterday afternoon. Now, when North Charleston police arrived on scene, they say Washington ran but was found about a half an hour later. Washington had active warrants with North Charleston police, including two counts of murder, two counts of possession of a gun during a violent crime and second degree arson. That's all in connection to the shooting at Philbin Creek Apartments on Sumner Avenue that left two people dead in December. The Dorchester County Sheriff's Office says a 16 year old has been taken into custody and charged with murder following a shooting last week. Deputies say they responded to Roberta Drive in Somerville on October 20th just before midnight. That's off Miles Jamison Road near Old Trolley Road in the Greenhurst subdivision. According to the sheriff's office, deputies found a man who had been shot. His name is not being released at this time at the request of his family. That investigation is ongoing. The next steps for a rental registry in the city of Charleston will be introduced to city council today. At this evening's meeting, city leaders will vote on a proposed rental registration program that targets a specific neighborhood in downtown Charleston. Our Molly McBride joining us live now with details about this proposed program and who might be affected. Good morning, Molly. Good morning. The Cannonborough Elliott Borough neighborhood could be the first neighborhood in the city of Charleston to implement this pilot rental registration program if passed. 
I spoke to Dan Riccio, the director of livability and tourism, who tells me if the pilot is successful, they plan to expand the registration program citywide. As it stands, Riccio says the pilot program will require property owners with two or more rental properties in the Cannonborough Elliott Borough neighborhood to apply for a business license. He says the property owner or representative will need to live within 30 miles of the city and properties will need to be registered with up-to-date contact information. Riccio says the goal of this program is to guarantee property owners can be reached in a timely manner if needed, which, according to one long-term neighbor I spoke to, has been a problem in the past. You have some livability issues, whether loud parties or trash, and you name it, or, or just deterioration. And some of these people, you go look, and it's under an LLC, maybe listed from another state. And it's just hard to get in touch with these people to kind of create that communication. Green says he's lived in the Cannonboro Elliott Borough neighborhood for over 30 years. He says he hopes the pilot program holds property owners accountable to take care of their properties and to be reactive when issues arise with their renters. Today, the first reading of the ordinance will be introduced and discussed to city council, and then they'll vote on whether it moves toward a second reading or heads back to the drawing board. For more information about how you can attend today's meeting, visit live5news.com and click on this story. Reporting live in downtown Charleston, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Thanks so much, Molly. Well, people who live on Charleston's Upper Peninsula are fighting for safer streets. The roads of the biggest concern are Rutledge, Moultrie, and King, all of which are heavy trafficked areas that cut through neighborhoods and schools. Anna Harris attended a community discussion where city and state officials got to be a part of that conversation. One council member for the city of Charleston says, quote, roads are much more than just concrete and asphalt. Some of the biggest concerns that were talked about were speeding, visibility, and safety for kids walking to and from school. When kids get in and out of school in this area, one resident says cars fly through and hardly yield for pedestrians or crossing guards. Officials with SCDOT, Charleston County Sheriff's Office, the city's Traffic and Transportation Department, and more address the public in a community discussion, making points that all these roads are state-owned. The city would have to get more funding to conduct traffic surveys, and as far as school crossing guards, CCSO says they only have a third staffed, a number that isn't meeting the jump in population in the area. Anthony Del Porto of the Upper Peninsula says he created a petition last week that now has over 100 signatures, pushing for roadway changes and more signage in this area. It's basically asking for those four intersections that that we do either something like a speed table, bump outs, signs in the middle uh, between the uh, two lanes stating that state law is to yield to pedestrians in a crosswalk, um, any of those things that, that really have an effect on, on a driver. Del Porto says they might be able to get some of the studies done. However, getting the pavement actually modified is a different story. City officials say the next step is to look at city funding and plans for better enforcement. In Charleston, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. At the top of the show, I mentioned a patriotic song that was first published on this date in 1910. It was performed by the likes of Elvis Presley, Bing Crosby, and Frank Sinatra. But many might argue no one sang America the Beautiful quite like Ray Charles. From the birthday file today, actor, comedian, and TV host Samantha Bee is 53, and pop singer Katy Perry is 38. Thanks for joining us for Morning Y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
Thanks for listening to Morning, y'all. Produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.